Good evening. How's everybody tonight? A little bit warmer? Good. I, I, I'm from Buffalo, so this is, this is, it's cold, but it's sunny out today, so it's fabulous. I love it. Um, my name is Andrea Snyder, and I am the job and career librarian here at the Pratt Library, and I'd like to welcome you all tonight. Um, I personally am very excited about this talk. I've actually, I've heard about Mr. Smith from a couple of my colleagues, and so I'm really looking forward to it. But before I introduce him, I do want to tell you about the resources that we have here at the library um, that are related to job and careers. So, as you all may or may not know, um, it's a little difficult to find a job right now for some people, um, and the library is a great resource and a tool. People are using us a lot. One of the main things that they're using us for is computers. So every single one of our branches around the city has computers. What's distinct about here is that we have computers that can be reserved for two hours at a time, only used for job searching, resume writing, anything related to a job. You can reserve those computers. We have more books than you could ever want on changing careers. If you're having difficulty with coworkers, resume writing, cover letters, interviewing, you name it, we have it. If we don't have it, we're gonna get it for you from someplace. We may not, you know, magically be able to pull it out and have it for you tomorrow because we're gonna have to get it from another library, but we are going to get you the information. Every Tuesday from eleven thirty to twelve thirty, up on the third floor in our conference room, we have a job club. People are meeting, we meet. Um, it's a resource to talk about challenges that people are facing, successes that they're facing. I bring in um, guest speakers come in. So it's a way to network and support as people are going through this potentially challenging situation. We um, do have a lot of other classes. This is an example of an event we're having tomorrow morning and every few Wednesdays we have what we call a career building clinic which is essentially open lab time in our computer lab where we have staff that are available to help people as they're filling out applications writing resumes whatever it may be um, a lot of times people get stuck on doing one little thing maybe they don't know how to attach an email or attach something to an email we're there to help them get get over that hump this Thursday um, I'll be teaching a class about LinkedIn at our Brooklyn branch, and that is from 3 to 4.30. So you can find all about, we have tons of amazing events. You can find all of them on our website, which is prattlibrary.org, or in the Compass. We've got flyers in the back. So we've got a lot going on here. Essentially, what I want you to know is that we are here for you. Um, Job-related question, not job-related question, whatever it may be know that the library is here for, as a resource for you. And now that I've given my spiel, I am pleased to introduce um, Mr. Jim Energy Smith to you. He is the president and CEO of Jimpact Enterprises, which is an organization dedicated to helping companies and leaders reach new heights of success through creating trust, empathy, empowerment, and leadership. He also serves as a faculty member for the Rutgers University Executive MBA programs. He's a sought-after speaker who's known for his energetic and motivational style. Some have even referred to him as part Joel Austin and part Oprah Winfrey. He's written several books, including From Average to Awesome, Lessons for Living an Extraordinary Life, Crash and Learn, 600-plus road-tested tips to keep an audience fired up, or to keep audiences fired up and engaged, and is also the co-author of The Masters of Success. His most recent honor, and congratulations, is that he was nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Literature Instructional category this past December. And that was for his most recent book, which he is here to talk about tonight, The No Excuse Guide to Success, No Matter What Your Boss or Life Throws at You. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Smith. I have an awesome publicist. I do. And because she's so awesome, I've been, as a result of writing this book, been interviewed in newspapers, radio, TV, 
nonstop. She's incredible. She's opened up so many doors for me. During these interviews, though, I get the proverbial question, same question every time, and it is, why did you write this book? Why did you write this book? Why now? And after being asked that question several times, I, I planned my answer. I was ready for it. It was usually the first or second question. I would say, it's because so many in the society play the blame game. We blame our boss. We blame our spouse. We blame our children. We blame the weather. We blame the economy. We just, all we do is play the blame game. And I'll be, okay, yeah. any other reasons? Yeah, um, there's a lot of us who play the victim. Woe is me. I can't believe they're treating me this way. Um, my daughter last year wasn't doing so well in math, and I, she's 17 now, she was 16. I said, baby girl, what's, what's up with math? My teacher doesn't like me. So there are a number of people who would go victim. I said, are, are there any other reasons, Jim? I said, well, our society has changed so much. What worked years ago is not working anymore. Being good at what you do is not enough. Being on time means you're late. There are so many different strategies and approaches. Companies doing more with less that there's so many excuses out there for not getting what we want. So there's some pretty good reasons, Jim. But after sharing that over and over and over again, I said that there has to be something else. I got to go deeper. Have any of you ever gotten a massage before? And you get the massage, you feel good, and you know, you're never going to move again. But have you ever gotten a deep tissue massage? I mean, where you walk out, oh, I had to go deep tissue around why I wrote this book. You know what I came up with? My mom. I talked to her before one of my book signings, and it was my homecoming book signing. It was right five minutes from where I was raised. Have any of you ever heard of American Bandstand? It was in that place where American Bandstand used to be held, 46 in Market in Philadelphia, and it's now called the Enterprise Center. They work with minority organizations to teach them how to write business plans, get work, and so forth. So I wanted to talk to mom beforehand. And I was raised. I should have talked to him too. But I was raised like five minutes away. And there was something very nostalgic about that presentation. My mom said, you know, Jim, I scanned through the book. Were you thinking about me when you wrote this? I thought about what to say. Because my mom always said, be candid. Because she'll find out the truth anyway. Any of you have mothers like that? So I, I, I couldn't tell. Mom, not really. So I scanned through the book and just about everything you have written, things I told you when you were younger. Shut up. Really? My first chapter, or winning way I call it, is called Own Your Choices. Mom used to always tell me to own your stuff. It's the same thing. Um, the second chapter is called Embrace Uncertainty. My mom always told me, take risk. So as I began to think, Mom, you're right. Because growing up, I attended K through 12 without missing a day of school. There was never an excuse for missing school. And back then when we were growing up, we didn't have a car. We didn't have a car until I was 16. But every Sunday, we went to church. And church was 45 minutes worth of public transportation away. Raining outside, snowing outside. My brother and I are thinking, we're not going to church. Yes, we're not going to church. It's too cold. Jim, ride. Get up. 
be going to church. See, back then we went to church because we had to. Now we go because we want to. And regardless of the weather, if it was rainy, inclement weather, we would get in that phone booth, the three of us. Well, um, Paul didn't go up in the phone booth, but you get the picture. No excuses. And then I thought, as an adult, I've never been at my best when I made excuses, when I blamed other people, when I blamed my boss for not getting the promotion, when I saw others getting promoted, and I would ask, why are they getting promoted and not me? Where my focus always shifted to them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why I wrote this book. And these 10 chapters, or these 10 winning ways, capture my head and my heart around how we can live without making excuses. Can you imagine living in a society where no one made excuses, where everybody owned their stuff, took 100% responsibility and accountability for their goals, where they believed if it is to be, it's up to me, where, see if you're ready for this one, Turn to somebody right now and make eye contact with them. Make eye contact. And I want you to say to them, I want you to say, let me put this down for a second. All right, you're looking at them? I want you to say, you need to lose some weight. Now, before you get mad at each other and start swinging, The weight that I'm talking about is spelled W-A-I-T. Weight. How many of you know somebody who's been waiting for this to happen? And waiting for that. I'm waiting for him to call me. I'm waiting for her to call me. I'm waiting for my kids to graduate. I'm waiting for... uh, Well, we just wait and wait. December of this year, A lot of people said, when the new year gets here, I'm going to. What you waiting for? Your new year may not get here. I'm going to start in 2013. Why not start 2012 December? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Um, When are you going to start your diet? Well, I'm waiting for the holidays to be over. You know, all that food we're going to eat. Well, then you don't want to lose any weight. So what's going to happen differently in the new year? You like to eat. Here's another one. Look at somebody else. And repeat after me. You need to get off your butt. Now, now, you know something's coming with that. But the most excuse-laden word out there, I would do this but... I'm thinking about that, but Les Brown likes to say the word but is an argument for our limitations. And when we argue for our limitations, we get to keep them. How many times have you gotten into a conversation with someone and you're telling them what they need to do better and they'll say, but, but, but you don't know where I'm from. You don't know my situation, but my family, they're just hating on me, but you don't, but but you never had anybody. And you can't convince them because they want to stay on their butts and argue for their limitations. This one is not as creative. Serious question. Have you ever had someone walk up to you, someone you knew, and maybe you were eating lunch or out to dinner or just relaxing, and they said, You need to write a book. All that stuff that's happening in your life, you need to write a book. And they were probably the 100th person who said that to you. How many more people have to tell you that you sound good, your voice is good, that you should be teaching, that you should be traveling? Because they see that gift in you, and you're consistently reminded. And you hear it, and yeah. 
You're the second person who told me that. I get that every day. You know what people have been telling me lately? You need to get your own church. And she's like, I can see it. I can see it. So that, that's what I've been getting of late. We'll see what happens. I won't be making any excuses. I'm going to talk about three or four of the chapters or the winning ways. And then I'm going to open it up for Q&A. And don't leave tonight and say, I should have asked them that question. And then I would say, need to lose some weight. It's all right to be first. It's all right to sit in the front row of life. It's all right. I think I was, you and I were talking beforehand. Your name again is? Tracy. Tracy said, I want to ask you a question, but I'll wait till, till, till it starts. No, no, wait. Let's do our Q&A right now. He put me on blast. Oh, gosh. Let's do our Q&A right now. It's all, all right to hurry. It's all right to be first. The first winning way is the first chapter in the book is called Own Your Choices. Own Your Choices, or as my mother used to say, Own Your Stuff. What does it mean to own your choices? In your opinion, any thoughts? What does it mean? Accept responsibilities for the things you do. I totally agree. I got this, and I'm going to own this. Sometimes we confuse choices with mistakes. Because if something doesn't go right for someone, oftentimes they'll say, I made a mistake. Well, imagine the elevator going up. The first floor is called the choice floor. You may get to the mistake floor, but the first floor is the choice floor. You made a choice that evolved into a mistake. But sometimes we just think we go straight to a mistake. And when you do that, there's no responsibility. There's no accountability. How many of you have friends who got into relationships and everybody said, don't marry her. Don't marry him. He ain't good for you. He gonna drive you crazy. Oh, I love Boo. I love him. With my high school sweetheart, I drink his bath water. Okay, I want to make sure you're with me. She said, ain't that much love in the world. <laughs> bath water love? Nah. Ain't no bath water love. Things don't work out. You break up. And the person inevitably says, I made a mistake. Uh-uh. Rewind. You made a choice. Own that choice first. The choices determine where we're going in life. And if each of you right now are not where you want to be given the situation, ask yourself, what choices am I making that's keeping me there? That's keeping me in a place of in the meantime. That's keeping me in a place called stuck. And as Dr. Phil would say, how's that working for you? It's because we know how that story is going to end because we do the same things all the time. You know if you say this, she's going to get upset and you guys are going to have a tension convention. You know it. But if she will only change, now you're trying to get her to change. How successful have you been throughout your life in getting people to change? Who has to make the change. Yeah. Owning your choices. Owning your stuff. Taking 100% accountability and responsibility for your life.
and not making any excuses. The biggest mistake I've made professionally for the first five, I'm sorry, the biggest poor choice for the first five years after I did it, I called it a mistake. And I'm going to give you a very condensed version of what happened. Back in 1996, I was working for the Vanguard Group financial organization. I was a manager in their management development department. And my goal was to help grow other managers to be superior leaders. And even though I enjoyed what I was doing, I wanted more. And I wanted more because we hired a lot of consultants to come in and train and facilitate and teach. And I didn't think any of them were that good. And then I went to my friend who worked in purchasing. How much did we pay her? Are you kidding me? They're bad and they get paid. I want to do what they do. We had a vendor come in. And fortunately, he was really, really good. And during the break, I went over to him. His name was Tom Gordon. We were doing a diversity class. Harvard, uh, educated, sharp. You know what he reminded me of? He reminded me of George Jefferson with the swag, but not with the, no, he didn't, he didn't have that, but he favored Sherman Hensley. So we talked during the break, and I said, Tom, man, I want to do what you do. Did you travel around the world doing your diversity classes? I said, I, I want to travel. I want to get Because when you're in corporate, sometimes they see you as just Jim. And then you put on that consultant outfit and travel, and they're like, wow. There's Mr. Energy. No, they wouldn't say that, but there's yeah, someone who's going to bring some value. This is what Tom did for me. Jim, I heard you're a pretty good trainer. The word is out on you already. I like to help you get out there. I hire subcontractors to work with me. And I don't know what your situation is here at the job, but if you can get a day off several times a month, I'll give you an assignment, and you can travel wherever to work with us. Now, check this out. I could keep my full-time job and still get some experience as a consultant. Can you say sweet? Sweet. You got to stretch it out. Sweet. That's it. That's it. I sat down with my boss. I talked to her, and she said, tell you what, do a four-day work week or vacation time, whatever. We'll, we'll play it by ear. And he brought me on without having seen me train. Was word of mouth. He became my friend, my coach, my mentor. Tell you what else he did. Going to buy my first house. And I needed $15,000 for settlement. Guess who didn't have Guess who thought he wasn't going to get the house? I went to Tom. Jim, I will advance you $15,000. And when you train, because at that point I was making $1,000 per session. So you'll do 15 15 sessions and we'll take $1,000 toward what's owed. Sweet. Very generous. Well, Tom and I had a good relationship. He's teaching me. He's growing me. He's, he's teaching me how to be a consultant, how to market, how to sell, how to do this stuff. And one of our clients, excuse me, one of his clients took a special liking to me. It was a client in Boston. And he had a diversity contract with them to train Everyone in all the, their health care centers. We're talking around 15,000 people. And the client in Boston took a special liking to me and would call Tom and say, send Jim in. Send Jim in. No, she's good, but send Jim in. So I'm flying to Logan Airport three, four times a month. 
starting to smell myself, super consultant. This is really cool. And one of the times I was out there, the senior VP of diversity took me out to dinner for the flight. The shrimp was good. The lobster biscuit. I mean, it was legal seafood. Yes, anyone ever been to Legals? Good food. If you see my screensaver, you see a, just a seafood plate. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I, I love seafood. Toward the end of the dinner, Jim, I need to confide in you. Sure, what's up? We're thinking about canceling the contract with Tom. Why? Well, he shows up to do sessions at the last second, so we get nervous. Reports are always late. We don't feel that we can count on them. So we're, we're, we're thinking about it. Like, why are you telling me this? Plan landed in Philly. Rather than driving home, I drove straight to his house. Went upstairs. Tom, sit down. Told him what happened. Don't worry about it, Jim. I got this. Sometimes clients get a little unsettled. Everything's okay. Well, three or four months passed. I'm doing a session again. She takes me out to dinner again. This time, big steak restaurant. You know, when the steak's off the side of the plate, those of you who eat meat, um, Jim, did you talk to Tom before with the feedback? Yeah, I did. Well, nothing's changed. And we are going to let him go. But listen, um, we need someone to help bridge the gap. So we're going to look for another vendor, but we want you to stay on board and manage this account and do the training until we find somebody else. What do you think I was thinking? What do you think I was, let me set it up. I'm early 30s, full-time job, but now another gig that can turn into getting paid even more money. But my mentor, my coach, my friend, who created this opportunity for me. What do you think I'm thinking at this point? I'm sorry? I don't want to do him wrong. I'm really confused. What else am I thinking? Opportunity! Yes! Ching, 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 ching. I can get that car. I can get that exercise equipment. I can get those suits. I can do my MC Hammer, can't touch this. I mean, I could, yeah. Yes. No. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, today? Uh, oh, at the time? No. No. I'm Mr. Energy. Right. There's no class that I can't train. Look out. Can't touch this. They let Tom go. They canceled the contract. I got the call. What did I say? <laughs> she said yes with attitude. <laughs> and Vanessa knows me. She said no, but you didn't know me in 1996. Um, I took it. I took it. And guess what I said after I took it? It was his fault that he lost it. 
If he had showed up on time, if he had turned reports in, they wouldn't have been looking at me. It's his fault. He didn't want this contract because if he had wanted it, he would have done the right thing. But I still went to Tom's house to tell him that I was going to stay on board. Why are you here? The client already called me and told me, and they told me you were staying on. Why are you here? Oh, you came to get the knife out my back? You came to twist it some more? See, listen, young fella, you haven't grown up yet. In this industry, exposure and getting in is everything. I got you in. You wouldn't know her or be in if it wasn't for me. And you don't know why I didn't turn the things on time. That's not your business. You don't know what was going on. And you got real close. Matter of fact, you shouldn't be going to dinner with her. That's not your client. You work for me. <laughs> I apologized. He didn't want to hear it. To this day, he doesn't speak to me. I've seen him in airports. Hey, Tom, how you doing? I know it's been a lot. I'm sorry. You are sorry. And then I switched to, I made a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. First. It was a mistake second. What was it first? Choice. Choice. I chose to do that. I chose not to talk to my boss about a promotion. I chose to take this job. I chose to get into that relationship. Choice. The first winning way is to own your choice. Well, Jim, would you do it differently? Yeah. I would decline dinner. I've come here to facilitate, and now I'm going home. Because that was his contract. But I wasn't savvy enough then. Excuse. I was young. Excuse. The first time she asked me to go to dinner, Tom, do subcontractors go out with the client? He would have said, no, not unless I'm there. Now, having my own company right now, I hire subcontractors. I have one guy at the end of the session, and I hired him just for this, this client because they were in L.A. and he had experience in L.A. He lived in L.A. for a while. At the end of the session, he's on the side giving out his business card. And I know I came in through Jim, but I also do this. I, I have family out here. I come here a lot. I'm like, oh, no, you didn't? Oh, dude, you got to go. You got to get in. It's so hard. Own your choices. No excuses. Before I move to the next one, anyway, let me answer a question. Yes. I didn't know what the protocol was, so what should I have done? Find out. Find out. Because I'm thinking, she wants to go out to dinner with me? The VP? Oh, yes. But she think at a whole new level. She's like, this guy is good. He's probably a lot less expensive. I can get rid of him, bring him in, save us some money. Yeah. When you don't know the protocol, you find the protocol. Saying I don't know the rules is an excuse. Because if you don't know the rules, then don't play the game. Yes. Yeah. Got to find out. And at that stage in my career, I didn't know the rules. I knew the corporate nine to five, eight to late rules. I knew about staying after the meeting. Because that's the real meeting. What happens before the meeting and after the meeting is more important than the corporate meeting itself. See, I knew those games. I didn't know the world of consulting, and it led me to make a very poor choice, which resulted in a mistake, and I lost a coach or mentor. I tell that story in the book in hopes that he buys it, he reads it, and he says, this guy put himself out there talking about what he did wrong. 
you can't get any more vulnerable or transparent than that. And someone asked me before, have you tried to reach him? I have. And my vision is that we're going to connect one day when he's ready. And I'm going to sing I'm sorry for nonstop. Is there a question before I move into the second window wedding? And I agree that this issue of choice is here, but we're also talking about ethics. Yeah. Values. Yeah. So those are kind of different kinds of things. But I'm just curious, how did the relationship work out for you? Notwithstanding losing your coach and your mentor, was it a good experience? Did you make the money that you had anticipated? I made... Yeah. Yeah, I, I did make good money. But if I had to balance the two and compare the two, the juxtaposition, money, relationship, I'll take relationship. I would. What could have, um, what, what, what things could Tom have done differently? Is there any blame on him? He was late. He didn't file report. Plenty. Plenty. But it's still his client. It was his client. How many times have you had friends or family members who were married and they fought all the time and then they would feed you what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. Next time you talk to them, they in love again. And if you take a side, like, didn't you just tell me you wanted to leave him? But that's my boo. What happens between that relationship has nothing to do with you. My job was to come in, get my workbook, teach the class, say goodbye, and leave. And hand out a business card that had his company's name on it, not mine. And I negotiated a contract to work with them without even negotiating it. What I did was collusion. Collusion is going along to get along. Verbally, non-verbally, consciously, unconsciously, I was smelling money. Rather than relationship. I'm sorry? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And the VP that she was talking to, she knew you were gullible because she had more experience and she knew you was ready. So that's why she put it out there. It's like certain people come and me and them friends and then somebody will come and do something. Me yeah. and your friends before I'm going to reach out. But she knew you was there. You was like pumped up. You missed the energy. So she already knew what she wanted. And she had someone who showed up early, who stayed late, who was hungry. And I said all that to say, though, we have to own our stuff. And if you think about your situation right now, whatever it is, are you owning it? Or is it somebody else? Or something else? Or waiting around? Those who just came in, you missed. I said, everybody here needs to lose some weight. And the word weight is spelled W-A-I-T because we're always waiting for something else to happen in order to move us. The second winning way is around embracing uncertainty. What does it mean to embrace uncertainty? Any thoughts? Yeah. New path. I'm, I'm, I'm not in line. I'm ahead of the line. I'm not waiting for the line to move. I'm moving the line. And it's saying, I don't know what the score is going to be, but I'm getting in the game. There are a lot of people who I know take themselves out of the game before the whistle even blows. That's going to be too hard. I'm not doing it. Oh, I've never done that before. Oh, no. It's going to require too much travel. I want to play it safe in my box. You ever hear someone say, I want to take it to the next level? When I hear that, I say, so? Why stop there? Why stop at the next level? Go to levels you've never experienced. Levels where you go, I call it the roller coaster. You ever go to the roller coaster and you're going up and you're about to go down and lose your mind? And you go, ah! That's the type of life you want to have. 
where you don't know what's going to happen. But something, in most cases, something, in most cases, something pretty powerful happens. <sighs> well, Jim, I think outside the box. So, live outside the box. Parent outside the box. Work outside the box. Be a spouse outside the box. Shake it up. Don't be predictable. See, I know what you're going to say before you even say it because you do the same thing every time. Don't be like that. Well, Jim, I've been telling people this. Well, tell them something else. Because if it's not moving the needle, that means they're not listening to that story or that story's not working. I would have loved to be on Fear Factor. <laughs> would have loved it. I would have ate the roaches. Because <laughs> they're just messing with your mind. They're messing with your mind. I would have laid in the box with the rats. And I would have sang, been the two of us need look no more. I, <laughs> yes. Because if I play it safe, it's going to keep me where I'm at. And I don't want to be where I'm at. Well, Jim, I hear what you're saying, but get off your butt. Get off your butt. Playing it safe. Now, strategically, you want to do your research, but the bottom line, and I put this on LinkedIn, bottom line, strategic thinking, strategic planning, none of that stuff makes a difference. You're going to do what you want to do anyway. So do the research. Do the assessments. You're going to do what you want to do. You know when you don't do what you want to do? When you listen to what he said and she said and what they're doing. Who are he, see, they, and them? Well, they said that you shouldn't. Who's they? Well, he tried it. Is his story going to be your story? Fear, come here. Come here, fear. Come here, uncertainty. Let's do this. Let's get it on. And the needle on your life will move further in my opinion, if you embrace uncertainty. What's stopping us from embracing uncertainty? What stops us? What stops us? Fear. And, and, and how does fear get in here? Our stuff. Okay, follow these acronyms. T-B-T. Thoughts become things. What you think about you be about. TBT. Also, what you focus on grows. So if you focus on your fear, your fear is going to grow. If you focus on indecision, the indecision is going to go. If you focus on something magical happening, something magical is going to happen. And I don't make this stuff up. It happens. When I left corporate in 1998 to start my own business, I was a VP of my company, not my company, VP of the company, making six figures, living, didn't listen to my mom. My mom said, always live beneath your means. Why didn't I listen? (laughs) I was living... Above the means. So when the means change, but that was okay because all my friends said, Jim, don't worry. We'll bring you in. We'll bring you in. We can use what leadership training. We can use diversity training. We, 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 we can use some speakers. Yes. Yes. I got some, some safety nets. Put the office in my house, set it up just like I had it at, at, on the job. The posters on the wall. Imagination is more important than knowledge. If it is to be, it's up to me. There's no I in team. I mean, you walked into a training room. This is Jim. Is Ron there? Hey, yo, man. Hey, listen. I started the company. Got my LLC. Yeah, when can I come in? 
Oh, you guys aren't doing any training. Okay. Joe, what's up? This is Smitty. Hey, start the company. Jim Pack. Cool, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Listen, hey, when are we going to get this training going? You're in a new department right now. So you don't know what? Joe? My first year with my company, I made probably $120,000 less than I did in my last job. I know every creditor trick there is. I've had every utility turned off. I was watching a fight on HBO and didn't see how the fight ended because my cable went. I went victim. I should have stayed in my safety net. My benefits. My salary. My health insurance. Four years later, I was still on my feet. I got back up. What changed? Attitude and the stuff up here. What you focus on grows. I was focusing on surviving, not thriving. Hmm. Focusing on, please, will they hire me rather than, I'm the best one for your company. And then I start making excuses. My friends let me down. They don't know. This, that, and the other. <sighs> Embrace uncertainty. Embrace uncertainty. Questions? So you basically... What you did was you stopped focusing on your failure and you did things differently? Ding, 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 ding. Survey says, number one answer. I would answer the phone. I used to say, this is Jim, Jim Pack. Now it's, Jim Smith, Jr. Jim Pack. What can I do for you? The energy in my voice. I expected things to change after that. And all while I was going through the woe is me, I was going through a divorce too. Moved back home to my mom's house. In the room where I used to look at Playboy. No, the room I used to. <laughs> but I was back to where I started. I'm back home. Been here before. How many of you have a situation that comes up and you say, been here before? Why are you back there again? Why are you back there? You know how to get there. Throw away that key. If that person is so toxic, toxic with you, that's your kryptonite. Stay away from that kryptonite because they render you powerless. You don't even talk right when they're around. You know anybody like that? Mm-hmm. And you see their number come up on your caller ID and you answer it. Why do you answer it? Here's my power. Question about embracing uncertainty. So, you know, you mentioned getting rid of blocks. Is there a special type of exercise you can do to help you get rid of blocks that you might have? The question was, is there a special type of attitude to get rid of the roadblocks or the barriers? I call it working on my mindset. See, in life, it's not what's happening to us, it's how we view what's happening to us. Because some people lose their job like, I'm going to pay the bills. And someone else loses a job and say, yes, I can finally start my own company. Yes, I'm finally free. Same situation. But how I see myself or how I view the situation. Oh, yeah, check this out. How many of you have a vision board? A vision board, maybe a big flip chart sheet of paper, you put it up on your wall, and you put pictures and words of your future, pictures of where you want to go, pictures of what you want to do. I, I want to write some more books. I want to meet the president. Under my travel part of my vision board, I put down, I want to travel to Australia. I want to travel to India. I want to travel to Hong Kong. This year, two weeks ago, this is Mr. Energy. How can I help you? Jim, this is Charlie Rosette with Simpson Strong Tie. You know, we're doing some training in Australia in May. Are you interested? 
cut off my leg, then call me Shorty. I am going to Australia. It's on the vision board. Guess what happened next? Jim, this is Dr. Palin from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. We're doing our annual Trainers Meet Trainers Conference in Pune, India in April. Interested? Check number two. You don't make that up. It's here. And throughout my life, when I played small, I got small results. When I thought small, I got small results. <sighs> Let me leave you with this, and then we'll do Q&A. How many of you have ever watched Extreme Home Makeover? You've seen it before? Where something horrific is happening to a family, and they come in, they take the family away, park, have a good time, feed them well. When they bring them back, I mean, they do stuff to a house quickly. But when they bring them back, it's like, wow. But before they get to the wow, they get everybody in the city, everybody in the neighborhood in front of the house, right? But in front of the house, there's a big bus. Seen it before, right? So what does the facilitator, the leader, what does he always say? Move that bus! Move that bus! Move that bus! And slowly but surely, the bus moves. And you see this big, luxurious dream house that Robin Leach would be proud of. My question to you, what's your bus? What's in front of you? And when are you going to move that bus? Move that bus. What's your bus? What's preventing you from that makeover? Well, Jim, I would, but get off your butt. But Jim, I'm waiting for it. Lose some weight. Well, Jim, I'm trying. Stop trying. My encouragement to you is to work on your tan. Tan, T-A-N, stands for take action now. You want to work, move that butt? Work on that tan. And stop making those excuses, regardless of what your boss or life throws at you. Now, that's my story. But you don't have to stick to it. You got your own story. And guess what? The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. Every time I get off a plane, someone says, was that a good flight? How was the flight? I said, if the plane landed and I could walk off, it was a good flight. <laughs> Q&A, what are your thoughts, questions? We have some time. Yeah. I guess how do you, Thank you. embrace and change uncertainty into some type of vision uncertainty? You, you change the story you've been telling yourself. Because there are a lot of people who want to start their own company or write their own book, and they talk about how hard it is or what they're going to do to make up for it. You've already taken yourself out the game. Where's your focus? Are we focusing on the possibility or the problem? Are we focusing on the obstacles or the opportunities? It's just a shift in mindset. And it's something that we've been saying for 3,000 years. Norman and Vincent Peale, the power of positive thinking, the law of attraction. I'm just spinning it a different way and saying, stop making excuses. Because if what you focus on grows, you're going to find a reason not to do that. Yes? I think a lot of people think that um, it's more stressful to try to do, do new things when we, uh, rather than investing on the have more stress. It's a choice. If that's your reality and that's your truth, then we can't complain about it. You can't have it both ways. You can't stay in the box and complain about being in the box. So, yeah. Uh, Les Brown, he has some nice books. Uh, have you met him? My question is, Les Brown has written some pretty powerful books, and he has. He's a phenomenal speaker. My first book, From Average to Awesome, he wrote the foreword for that book. Yeah, he's a powerful speaker. I grew up wanting to be him. And that was slowing me down. I needed one to be like me. Les Brown is taken. I needed to be Jim Smith Jr. 
All right, last question. Take two, two questions and three. I got three. Yes, I was wondering if you were going to raise your hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, first, I want to apologize for being late. I really had to be here. My son, my girlfriend, and so I was like, I've got to go. I so I did want to apologize for being late. I'm glad I did get to hear. Thank you. Um, a lot of what you said really resonates with me. Mm. Yes. Wow. Thank you. That feels good. picture that things are not going to go wrong. But the statement is, when things go wrong, don't go with them. Yes. Not this, because we haven't talked about putting that on there. I'll talk to them and we'll, we'll see what that can turn into. Yeah, there are some other things on YouTube, absolutely. Yes. I just wanted to say... I just wanted to say you had told people that I know you and I wanted people to know that I know you because I saw you present in Florida and so many people were giving you cards and my mom got sick and I had to take an early flight and we happened to be on the same airplane and I gave him my card again. I said, I want you to remember me because I wanted to step out doing some... Mm -hmm some things on my own, and he entrusted me and said, okay, let me see what you can do, but had I not taken that leap, you know, because I always say, well, I can do this, but I'm afraid to sell myself, so I, t I took that step, and so now, years later, you know, I know an author and everything, you know, so I just want people to know, it's not like we were just homies from Philadelphia <laughs> or something, I, I was just in a training with him, and it was like, two or three hundred people in there, and from that session, I just learned so much. And I tell you, my attitude on life has changed. I don't allow negative energy to come in. And um, one thing, I don't know if you said, I think it was you, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. Mm. So, you know, that type of stuff, you just got to let it go and move forward. So I appreciate you, and I'm very proud of you, too. Now that's her story. Was she really got on the plane? Here's my card, fool. You better call me. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. She didn't say that. She didn't say that. Oh, this, this gentleman right here is about to share something. Um, I've known him since he was six years old. He's a pharmacist, big time, doing well here in Baltimore, but he's from Philly. He should be an Eagles fan, but he's converted to a Ravens fan. And he blew up Facebook on Sunday about his Ravens. Okay, RG3, yeah, no, I'm, I'm stopping. <laughs> Sorry, I just definitely wanted to give it to him as well. Um, Jim is my guy, and he doesn't even know this. I, I don't have a brother I'm blessed with, three sisters, and all eight people but his brother and I, well, his brother was best man in my life. We've known each other since fourth grade, and I've always looked at this guy like, and I think he got tired of it sometimes, because I locked y'all out the house one time before three, but I've known him forever, and, and his tenacity, this is not, I want everybody to know this is not manufactured at all. This is um, Victorian of his high school, uh, football player, four-year letter man. I mean, this is the guy that I think everybody needs to have that mentor, if you ever get to shake his hand, fine. If you don't, watch him. Study. 
because when he stepped out in 96 and started his company, I stepped out in 96 and started mine. When he went and got his master's, a year later I went out. I mean, I, I don't know how important America saved my father since I'm 28. I'm lost and I got a pharmacy degree. What are you thinking about? Bachelor's in software engineering, a master's in software programming, a master's in software. I got about five degrees because of the stuff that you don't know. And I read the book. Clint was too smart. I love it. That was the first one. That's excuse. That's excuse. <laughs> Thank you, Arne. Well, um, there are uh, things over there that will help my family eat. They're called books. I trust that you'll go over it, take a look at it. I um, encourage you to buy one or five or six. It's up to you. But uh, thank you for for coming here. I was telling Marena, who works with me, that, you know, I don't even live here. In the last session I did in Philadelphia, we had maybe 10, 11 people here in Baltimore. I'm not even from Baltimore. More people came out. So thank you for coming out to support me and support the book and tell your friends about living excuse free life. And uh, we have to take it. Yes, sir. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to type the man telling that uh, she need to put you down there to the computer now to give him some of that motivation. This is a big gym guy. So bring it to her attention. You know, recognize it, you know, because you, like you say, you're real. I'm saying you pumped me up. I'm saying I know you failed everybody else. And I couldn't understand why this place not filled up. Yet. Yet. I'll be working with Miss Judy Moore, who created this for me out here, and she's, she's stepping out, but that's Judy, and we'll, we'll pump it up next time. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I'm going to sit right here and sign. All right. Thank you. All right.